everybody. Welcome to the Living Real Podcast. I'm Melanie Shaw, your host, as well as founder and editor-in-chief of Living Real Magazine. On the 10th of each month, I will get to introduce you to someone that I've met who has a sincere desire to live out their real faith in real life. Someone who doesn't mind sharing their struggles because they want to encourage us to stay the course. Someone who's overcome and can testify to the faithfulness of Almighty God. I'm so excited about each conversation that we're gonna have, and I pray God will use our words to bring glory to His Son, Jesus Christ. So are you ready? I know I am. Hi, everyone. Uh, Today we are talking with Katie Wilkins on the Living Real podcast. And uh, Katie and I met each other a couple years ago through um, our church. And I got to know her even better through a Bible study that I was teaching last year. I'm actually on my own book called Unlocked Hearts, Unleashed Joy, Forgiveness is the Key. And uh, Katie and I have a similar story, and I wanted her to come on with me today and talk about what real faith has to do with understanding forgiveness, first of all, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, and second of all, in our relationship to other people. So welcome, Katie, to Living Real Podcast today, and why don't you just introduce yourself to our audience a little bit? Hi, I am a wife and a homeschool mom, and I'm also an adoptive mom. All right, and you're married to? I'm married to Todd Wilkins. (laughs) And how long have y'all been married? In June, it will be 13 years. Wow. And how long have you been foster parents? Well, we actually have been adoptive parents for a year in April, and we never actually became foster parents because of our how our story came about. Oh, okay. So you didn't even have to enter into the foster we did not care. You just went straight into adoption. That's yes. awesome. Um, and that's another reason that Katie and I um, have kind of hit it off because I personally am adopted, and I love adoption stories and love to hear about families that are opening up their homes to kids like that. And uh, I just admire Todd and Katie for being um, ones with huge hearts for adoption. So let's uh, talk a little bit then about um, you as a homeschool mom. So how did you decide that you wanted to homeschool your children? I was actually a senior in high school when I saw how much one-on-one teaching impacted my life. I was homebound taught and I will also talk about that a little bit later, too. <laughs> my senior year in high school, and I had three, three different teachers come to my house and teach me, and I just learned so much that I wasn't getting in the public school um, with that one-on-one, and I saw how that impacted my life, and that's when homeschooling wasn't a th- really a thing, mm-hmm. but I had it kind of enter my heart during that time. Okay. How, how old are your children, and what are their names? Ella is eight. She'll be nine next month. And then Josh is six and Izzy is five. Okay. Now you have, which one is, which ones are adopted? Josh, our six-year-old is adopted. Okay. And the other two are biological. Yes, they are. Okay. Gotcha. Um, So if 
there are parents or moms out there listening today that are interested in possibly wanting to homeschool, what would be some of the uh, tips you would give them to just researching and getting started as to um, how they would approach that? First, pray. <laughs> of course, we need to pray about that <laughs> pray for sure. To, and, and make sure that's what you want. And I find that having my husband on board with it is also key um, to be on the same page when it comes to our education goals for our children. Um, and homeschooling is so big right now. There is so many um, support groups. So look up your local support groups. Look up your local co-ops. We've been a part of some sort of co-op every year, so our kids have that bond with other kids that are also homeschooled. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also key because I also get relationships with other homeschooled moms. I get a lot of my advice for curriculum through these other moms that have done it Mm -hmm. and what not to try and what to try. And so I think finding a local support group of some sort of other likewise like-minded families is also very important. Right, because homeschooling is not necessarily for all children, Mm -hmm. just as the public school system is not um, for everybody. So you just have to know your children, and you have to be listening to the Lord Mm -hmm. to find out for sure, because it is not an easy job. It's a huge undertaking, but so rewarding. I know lots of moms who have done it, and um, now they have, you know, children that are grown and married and have children of their own as well and um, it just has been an interesting journey to watch and become such a, a passion of so many people. Um, well today I wanted to specifically um, invite Katie on to talk about another topic which is near and dear to our hearts and it is the subject of forgiveness. Um, forgiveness seems to have also hit the buzzword <laughs> level lately. It's being talked about a lot, but I think sometimes God brings it to the forefront because it's something that he has a message to remind people about, especially his own children, um, and to to help us understand what it is that he's done for us um, on the cross and through our salvation. But what does it really mean to be able to forgive someone else? Um, and I don't necessarily just mean on a surface level with, you know, somebody hurt your feelings and you say, I'm sorry. That's that's one way of, of thinking about it. But we're talking about it on a, a much deeper level and where roots of bitterness and an unforgiving spirit can enter into the equation and really wreak havoc in your life. Um, so just in general, when you think about forgiveness, Katie, where where does your mind go? Freedom. To freedom. Okay. Why is that? Freedom from bitterness and anger. I was entrapped in prison with bitterness to the point in, I was in a wheelchair my senior in high school. And and when I experience speaking truth and then seeking what forgiveness looked like is when I was freed from the physical pain that bitterness brought to my life. Wow. Um I was talking this past week, and we were talking about how fear can lead to you being paralyzed as far as your movement in obedience with Christ. But fear and unforgiveness and different things like that, when we allow sin to root in our lives, it can literally 
physically uh, affect our how we operate and how we move. So would you say you were in a wheelchair your senior year of high school? What do you, exactly are you saying? Were you completely paralyzed or you just couldn't move well? Or what was the situation? My body hurt so bad. My joints hurt. They were somewhat swollen. And I just had no energy. And I would get exhausted just going to the store. My And my body just hurt. Like, the doctors had no clue what was going on. My uh, pediatrician literally brought me to a meeting with 50 doctors of the hospital in Maryland where they all asked me questions. And I sat on a table, and they all took turns looking at me and asking me questions, and nobody had a clue what was going on. Wow. Did you even have a clue at as the to time, what was going on? At the time, I had no clue. I thought I was... I mean, they threw out lupus. They threw out MS. They threw out all these different things that nothing came up that I had. Mm -hmm. And they finally just said, you have fibromyalgia, deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, which I don't have fibromyalgia, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, how long then did you stay, um, using a wheelchair to help you get around? The majority of my senior year in high school, I'd say probably two months before graduation, which was in June, I finally sought help mm-hmm. and realized how much anger I had and I, and I couldn't handle it on my own anymore. Wow. So um, when you, did you go to a counselor then like you, um, to be able to start understanding what was going on? Well, first I went to my youth leaders. They were a husband and wife and I knew I could trust them and I, I actually didn't tell them I just handed them my journal and Mm. asked them to read it and it talked about um, how I was hurt when I was younger by somebody I should have trusted and they immediately had me go to my parents and talk to them about it like that night they called my mom and said we need (laughs) we need to have a talk and my parents did get me a send me to a counselor I met a couple times because it was right before I went to college right and um but I wasn't, I was still very hard. My heart was so hard. I was not ready mm-hmm. for that. So it didn't make a whole lot of impact in my life at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you were journaling then your thoughts and your emotions and all of that was on paper. So instead of being able to speak it out loud, you were able to hand that to someone. So how long had you been journaling? really don't remember but I know it was at least most of my senior year because I mm-hmm. even wrote I don't know what I did with that journal but I even wrote poems which I still can't write poems but during that time that's the only outlet I had because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody about what, what was going on inside of me wow that's incredible um So let's talk about the healing process then so what led you and how have you Um, been able to break those chains of the unforgiveness and the bitterness and the the anger towards this person that had um, harmed you earlier in life? I think the first step was speaking out what was done in the darkness into light. That was the first break of the enemy's hold of my heart is bringing it to light. Because the Bible even says what was done in the darkness will be brought out to light. Mm -hmm. And bringing it to light and speaking what happened to me, I started getting better. Just getting it off my chest. 
And that was even before like true forgiveness was taking place in my heart. Just bringing it out to light put so much release from my heart and my body that I began to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then when I went to college, I went to a group counseling that our school counselor did. And it, um, I think it was called Moving Beyond Your Past. And having other people with similar stories, even the counselor himself, mm-hmm. and knowing that I was validated for some of the way I felt and why it was hard, and just being able to speak through my feelings and realizing um, forgiveness had to take place. I had a cousin the summer before my senior year in high school who, who had a similar story, and she said, you need to forgive. Huh. And she, we sat for three hours one day at a restaurant, and, and she's like three years older than me, and she said, you need to do nice things for this person. You need to view them differently, but you need to forgive. And I still wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. But um, as I went to college and realizing that I really needed to forgive, not for that person. Right. It had nothing to do with them. They don't even have to accept my forgiveness. But it had everything to do with my heart and my healing. Mm-hmm. And I, not only that, I had to realize where I was wrong in my own emotions and feelings because I had to ask for forgiveness, pray about my hate. Right. Because I I think, too, because in my own story, um, I think sometimes you just feel trapped mm-hmm. because you, you know it's right as a believer and it's right to forgive. But at the same time, you're like, well, if I forgive, then I... Sounds like I'm validating the mm-hmm. actions of the person, the perpetrator, or the person that's harmed you, or the person that's hurt you deeply. Um, but that's not the case. The case is that you're not in charge of what that person did. You're not responsible for what that person did, and so forth and so on. It's all about us. Our emotions are fine. Yes, we go through the anger process. We go through the hurt. We go through the trauma of it. But at the bottom line is, what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. Once we've grieved a lot of you know what we've lost, um, then how do you get past that through the power mm-hmm. of forgiveness? Um, because I know in the the book that I wrote, we talk about the, how your joy is so um, compressed; it's not allowed to. You're not ex- allowed to be exuberant anymore mm-hmm. because you just feel like you, you're in a trap you're in a pit but when christ um is your counselor and you can go to him with everything that has happened and your feelings and your hurt and your pain and your struggle and he starts melting that away then the joy starts coming back once we realize you know i've got to let this go it's not hurting anybody else as far as that person's concerned that hurt us but it's hurting me and it's hurting my family it's hurting my friends and so forth and so on so it's that one aspect of learning that forgiveness is the key to getting your joy back um so what what happened with you as far as once you got to that point what how did you know you were free there was that peace and joy I actually remember in college being with a bunch of 
I was a freshman, a lot of people just happy. And it was right before that healing took place. And I remember actually using the word joy is, I want that joy. Mm. I want to feel joyful. And that's around the time that God brought people in my lives and opportunities in my life to speak truth and help me deal with some of the things. But I think there's a peace in my heart that I didn't have before. Mm. And, and I can recognize bitterness now. Right. Even when I get frustrated with my kids or my husband, I recognize it immediately and deal with it because I don't want to go there again. And so I think there's just that peace and that joy, even in hard times. It's that unexplainable. (laughs) Exactly. Just like the word says. Yes. Joy that passes or a peace that passes all understanding. Um, And I think, too, that a lot of this, this hard stuff in our lives that we go through helps us to understand God's our relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ um, better mm-hmm. so that as we continue our walk of faith um, and as we continue to come against walls that have to be broken down again because of um, we have to forgive, um, we have to understand that Forgiveness isn't a one and done, that we're going to have to do that process with different people and sometimes with the same person over and over again in our hearts and minds because the enemy loves to continue to berate us mm-hmm. with, um, oh, that didn't happen. You're not free. You know, I want to, he wants to continue to hold us down. So what are some um, ways that you help avoid that? Like you said, you can tell when the bitterness is coming. So what are some things that you do to combat that? Um, I also want to just give, there's a word picture I like to use when it comes to my, the forgiveness that I feel is I I see it as an onion. Okay. Onions have layers Mm -hmm. and you, get rid of one of the layers of, you know, like, oh, I feel so much better. But then you recognize there's another layer that needs, it's not the same part. It might be the same, even with what happened when I was younger, there's different aspects that need to be forgiven. It's like you said, it's not one and done. It's, oh, I didn't realize that impacted that part of my life. I need to deal with that. Ah. Uh, quite often I journal, mm-hmm. I write down my thoughts, I pray, I speak things to my husband because I, I recognize that I have a hard time speaking things out loud because I have harboring all my feelings for from age, I think, around 6 to age 17. I, I, I didn't recognize that my, my feelings mattered. Right. I always put them to the side. And so speaking things, sometimes it's just journaling it because some things don't necessarily need to be spoken. Mm-hmm. But speaking it and praying and seeking scripture i'll go and google even like scripture for this Mm -hmm. and um writing down those scriptures and sometimes putting it on an index card and putting it in my back pocket to look at during the day but definitely when i recognize those things is i start to pray and i've even told my husband before he's like why are you so quiet i'm like i I realize I'm being silly right now. I recognize that this is silliness, and I'm just praying that God will just help me to just let it release it instead of it let it simmer inside my heart because that's when you can twist things. <laughs> exactly. Your mind starts telling you things that really aren't true or 
that's adding not, to. Yes, <laughs> adding to. That is a great way to look at it. I like the onion layers, and I love the the picture of the simmering in our hearts because when we hold on to things that are not of Christ mm-hmm. and let them um, just sit in there and they can boil, they can overflow. Um, I think I use in my book the rooting. They can, um, within the soil of your heart, they can actually grab hold and um, even start suffocating the life out of you. Mm-hmm. Um so forgiveness is such um, a tricky subject sometimes, but it is such a powerful piece of our salvation um, process for us to understand what, like I said, what Christ has done for us. Um, I can remember when Christ had started nudging me to to do something um, with finding my birth mom, it had to do with, I thought it had to do with me, but it really didn't have to do necessarily with me. And I won't go into all of that, but I had to go through my understanding of what real forgiveness was like, what it felt like to be free of that, to move forward in my story to understand what someone else needed Mm -hmm. in being um, set free from the bondage of unforgiveness. And that has just been a remarkable thing to path to walk and to journey through. And then as I sat like in that study with you guys and all of you other women, there's so many people dealing with this that you have no clue. And they just want to know that someone has been through the same thing. And God tells us that that's why we go through our pain and our struggle and our um, uh, hard times is so that we can minister to others that are coming along behind us to to walk through some of those similar paths. And I think your story is going to really impact a lot of people. And I'm so glad that you are telling it today. So... Um, Let's see. I wanted to see if there was something that I hadn't touched on. Well, let me just ask you this. When you saw that I was going to do that particular book, what piqued your interest about taking that study? The forgiveness aspect. Because back when I was in college, I remember reading um, in the Bible to comfort those in ways that you had been comforted. And I clearly heard God say, you're going to... Um, help others walk the path you've walked. And I was still in the midst of walking, which I still am, but um, I was still new at experiencing any type of hope or peace in that forgiveness aspect. And so ever since I've had on my heart how forgiveness is key to your healing and your peace, I even went to CIU to be a pastoral counselor, and my focus was sexual abuse. That's mm-hmm. where my focus was. And so I just didn't have any tools because I, I knew that God was calling me to something. And so when I saw what you were doing, I was told, Todd, I have to be a part of this because I believe this is going to be something I might use later and something to use now in my own walk. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I was really excited to start it because it, it was 
just really where my heart was. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate your encouragement through all of that. And um, Unlocked Hearts, Unleashed Joy, Forgiveness is the key. Is I mean, it just spoke so um, intimately to me. And I was so glad that God allowed me, gave me strength, number one, to write that story and to put it out there. Um, but just to be able to know that He wants to use our stories to impact other people's lives for His honor and for His glory. And um, it's just such a privilege to be able to to be a part of that in your journey and into in a lot of other people's journeys. So let's talk about the holy art of forgiveness then in practicality with husband, children, life in general. Um, how has forgiveness now impacted every other branch of your life? I think in your book, one of the things that really spoke to me the most is realizing that I need forgiveness <laughs> and to recognize when I need to also seek forgiveness. Um, and with, like I said, sometimes when I get frustrated or upset with my husband or even with my kids, it's just taking like recognizing it and stop what I'm doing and deal with it. Right. And um, also recognizing like, even maybe, maybe this morning I had to apologize for my <laughs> attitude, um, but to realize I'm not be I'm not beyond needing forgiveness as well. Um, but it is something to not wait to do. Right is one of the things I got from is forgiveness is not asking for forgiveness or see, or forgiving is something that when you recognize it. Mm-hmm. It may not be an overnight thing because there's some aspects of forgiveness that just takes little bits. You right. can just forgive a little bit at a time because sometimes that's all you can do is just take one step at a time. I think some of that has to do with what Jesus meant when um, I can't remember the person that asked him, well, how many times am I mm-hmm. supposed to forgive this person? And he says, yeah. not just seven times, but 70 times seven, which is just to let you know that it can, you have to do it sometimes over and over and over mm-hmm. again, like you said, with the um, visual of the onion. But that also reminds me that because God is forgiveness and He's love and He's mercy mm-hmm. and He's all these wonderful things, He never runs out of it. So for us to be made in His image and then to be um, being in that sanctification process of becoming more and more like Christ— we shouldn't be empty of it either. We never empty of love. We never empty of mercy. We never empty of forgiveness because or grace because um, God never empties for us. And we have to always be willing to give more because He's in, in us. And that's how we can give it over and over again. I think, and one of the things that is so hard in the world about forgiving is not knowing what real forgiveness is. Real forgiveness is not reconciliation. It doesn't mean you have to trust that person again. Right. And I think that's where my mind was is, oh, if I forgive, that means I'm going to act as if nothing ever happened. But it's really not that. It's releasing that anger and that want for revenge mm-hmm. and to realize that vengeance is God's, it's not mine. But to even begin praying for that person and I think, too, that helps forgiveness is praying for the person who hurts you. 
because it changes your heart to be more compassionate. And, and I think knowing what true forgiveness is versus what it is not also helped me to know that I could mm-hmm. with the help of God, of course. Right. And sometimes we like to put people in categories of, mm-hmm. well, this person's worthy of forgiveness, but this person, what they did is not worthy of forgiveness. And God does, we're all in the same category. None of us are worthy of forgiveness, but it's only through what, through the death and burial and resurrection of Christ that he has offered us mm-hmm. a path to back to the father through him. And we are all guilty and yes. we're all full of sin before we come to the Father and ask for forgiveness. And He knows who we are and um, He that we can't put people in categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, when we start to pray for someone that we thought mm-hmm. we would never forgive, it gives us the eyes of Jesus to look at that person like He looks at them and that they need healing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that we erase from our memory because we don't have that capacity. God does, but we can't erase from our memory so that we remember where God's had us mm-hmm. and where he's brought us to. Um, so it's, I think sometimes that revenge part just gets such a hold of people and they think that getting back at someone is somehow going to give them peace when it really just exacerbates the situation and you want more from that person. And that's not God's design. Our God's design is for us to let it go and let it go into his hands. Mm-hmm. Let him take care of it for us and let him restore what's been broken in our lives because that's that's what he does. He restores, he redeems, he um, refines and um, brings us, makes us into something that's, um, beautiful that he can use. Broken vessels are his thing. He loves um, to take what's been broken and redeem it for his honor and for his glory. Well, is there anything else on your mind that you would like to share with our audience today with about forgiveness or something that maybe I missed that you would like to add to? I don't think so. <laughs> I love it. I'm honest. No, there's nothing else. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for um, doing this with me today. And as we've said before, the Living Real podcast is just living real. And Katie and I are just sitting here having a conversation um, and have asked you to listen in. And I hope that what we've talked about is drawing your attention, first of all, to the Lord that loves you most and knows you best. And um, that if you have an area in your life that, or a person in your life that needs to be forgiven, um, or maybe it's yourself, maybe you haven't been able to forgive yourself, we pray for um, that space for grace for your own self. And uh, just taking that before the throne of Jesus Christ and, and offering that up to him and let him begin that healing process because it is amazing um, what it feels like to be free um, from a, a bitter spirit or an unforgiving heart. And uh, so we want to finish with prayer today. So let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Katie. I thank you for her and for Todd and for their children. 
and for their desire to be um, a family after your own heart. And I thank you, Lord, for impressing upon Katie her desire now to use her story for your glory, to minister to other women especially who have had sexual abuse or trauma in their lives, Father, to um, be able to take that first step towards healing, and that's recognizing, Lord, that we're the ones who need to take the step and, and release that to you and allow you to begin a mighty work in our own hearts and then um, to lead us towards being able to forgive the person that's hurt or harmed us in some way. And Lord, I ask that um, you would just continue to help us to understand more and more about what your forgiveness is, what it's like, and how we can walk a life of faith and being forgivers. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our lives and in the lives of those listening today. And we give you praise and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's a wrap, you guys. I pray today's conversation has encouraged you, challenged you, and most of all, pointed you to the source of our faith, Jesus. If you would like to know more about Living Real Magazine, please visit our website at livingrealmag.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Living Real Mag. And until next time, remember, let's keep it real for Jesus' sake.